welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the jubilant Matt. Hello. I say jubilant because it's a beautiful sunny morning. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, for disclosure, we're back. We're recording the same time. We, we just finished the um, Runaway Bride episode, and yeah, it's it's lovely. And I'm looking forward to wrapping this up so I can go and play outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having said that, I'm. I think I'm going to enjoy this discussion. We are starting series three proper after what seems like quite quite a few little diversions and yeah, things along the yeah. way. But here we are really getting stuck into it. And uh, we, we, we will be discussing Smith and Jones. That's right. Episode one of series three from the 31st of March, yeah. 2007. Um, so I would have been back at uni. You've been, been in final year. I've final been year, just yeah. about finished. Yeah. I remember watching every episode of this series at, mm-hmm. at uni. I, I don't I don't think I missed a single one. I, I definitely missed a couple in series two, but by this point I was really solidly on board. The, the only television programme I can remember watching religiously yeah. in my final year of uni was Top Gear. I was peak Top Gear in 2007. I'm 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 trying so hard not to judge you right now. Do you know what? Like, I'm not even really that fussed about yeah. Top Gear. I didn't learn to drive till I was nearly thirty. <laughs> I mean, I understand why people found it and continue to find it an entertaining program. Mm. But I, I mean, I've I've certainly I don't know whether I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but you know that I have. I couldn't be less interested in cars if I tried. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I I refer to it as car blindness. You pick me up to to do this uh, podcast quite often because I don't drive, um, and you've been doing. We've been doing this for months now. I still struggle to recognise your car. Yeah, I don't. If I, don't I park know. in the car park rather than at your house. It's a real problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I I genuinely I don't know what colour it is. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Silvery Sil- grey. Silvery like, grey. Gunmetal grey. I was going to say black, so... <laughs> In terms of, like, <laughs> Citadel miniature paints, I'd say gunmetal grey. Okay, yeah. I'll try and remember that for next time, but... <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... Um, I watched quite a bit, Teddy. I mean, to be fair, I was I was an art... I was at a sort of little experimental arts college. They didn't work us too hard. <laughs> I, I can remember my final year of uni was just literally playing Final Fantasy twelve on PlayStation. Yeah. Doing all the monster hunts for as much as I could. And it was sort of pre internet really. It was yeah. difficult to find information on new games. Yeah, yeah. It so. certainly wasn't at the point where like now it seems like the second a game comes out, there is an FAQ up and it's a got full walk through. Yeah. yeah. I'm presuming that those are just put together by people who worked on the games at this point. They must I be. I don't know. I don't know. Because because uh, who who can find every little detail in these giant games within like who can find every little detail in Doctor Who? There's probably people out there like us whose passion piece is I don't know like Parasite I Eve know, from the PlayStation the, One. But it's the time in which they do it now. It's the fact that you know mm. it seems like every secret of a game is out there on the internet within two days of the game being released it seems insane to me Uh, but anyway we're talking about Smith and Jones the introduction of Martha Jones our companion for series 3 she all the way through 
Oh, I guess that's a spoiler. It's not much of a spoiler. No, yeah. like I know it ends with her tagging along for a ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, how, he does say one trip, but yeah, how, yeah. how is Martha perceived by the fandom? That's a very interesting question. I don't know whether I think that's maybe one to uh, talk about when we finish the okay. series. Because I think it's hard to talk about that in the abstract without getting into details of right. her story. Yeah. Um, which obviously we've only just begun. Um, so we're introduced by Martha when she's on the phone. Yeah. And it's her brother Leo's 21st birthday. And there's a big party. Yeah. And we work out that her dad has an awful girlfriend. Annalise. Yes, yeah. So this montage—it's well, it's not a montage quite, but it's—it's a, it's a scene where she's walking to work. She takes a call. First of all, she takes a call from her sister. Yeah. Then she takes a call from her brother. Then she takes a call from her mum, and the, each one keeps getting interrupted. She keeps having to like put the other person on hold to talk to That's the other right. one. Um, and you very quickly learn her family is a mess, and they all rely on her. Like yeah. she is the sensible one in the family that they turn to for advice that to try and sort out the problems and mm-hmm. and, and i think a lot of the the drama is stemming from the fact that her parents are, have obviously split up her dad has kind of seemingly as the as the whole i use this phrase not condoning it but it's it's the kind of mentality that seems that seems to be reflected by it in, in that he seems to have like traded his wife in for a younger model yes it's that yeah. it's that whole kind of, you know he's got this kind of blonde you know yeah nothing of a a a lady but as she's walking to work yeah the doctor appears yeah has a brief interaction a very strange brief interaction yeah does he say something along the lines of just like that yeah i think he says like so yeah takes his tie off sticks it in his pocket and walks away walks away and then a couple of seconds later, a guy in sort of full motorcycle yeah. leathers and helmet, all dressed in black, pushes past her to get out of the way. Yeah. So before we talk about that, I, that specific little moment with the doctor, mm-hmm. what did you think of that in, in, in isolation at that point? We like. Well, I, I didn't know whether she was going to have a lot more interaction with the doctor. Yeah. And because for sort of. The first 20 minutes or so, he's not that involved in the plot. No. So I thought it could be like a little story about her where actually the Doctor's doing something entirely different in parallel. Oh, right. So almost like Love and Monsters where... A bit, yeah. The Doctor's in the background. Yeah. And they, they just kind of cross paths a little bit occasionally. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's an I interesting thought he theory. could have been up to something yeah. else. Of course, we do find out what it is at the end, but we have yeah. to wait right until the end of the episode yeah. to get there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so motorcycle, leather guy, barges past her as she's entering the hospital. Yeah, because she's a trainee doctor. She is. And as she's getting ready for her rounds, she gets like a static shock from a locker. Yeah, yeah. And although someone else gets one later on, is it ever really explained? Yes, that? it definitely is explained what what the issue is with with those, but we'll we'll get oh, there. I might have totally missed that. That's all right. Okay, and through the hospital, there's more than one motorcyclist as she's yeah. moving round. She sees a second one. Yeah, and, and then... we we know we meant to find it weird because you know little a bit of eerie music plays. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and then 
as she's doing the round, the doctor's there as a patient. Yeah. Or mimicking a patient. So, yeah, we've got the classic setup, bunch of trainee doctors and one very supercilious senior mm-hmm. doctor, like the most arrogant, haha, I know all the things. Yeah. You, you purely little children. Because aren't they over-diagnosing like an old lady, but it turns out yeah. she's just had like a salt deficiency because yes. all she eats is salad. Yeah, yeah. And they're That's giving long-winded scientific explanations. Yeah, and then, and then he's just like, ah, it's just salt, ha ha ha. Yeah. If only you were clever like me. Yeah, exactly. He, could you imagine, you know, working under a man like that, how... Mm-hmm infuriating that would be working in education I've worked under many men (laughs) yeah I can imagine actually and the doctor when Martha speaks to him has no recollection of their interaction no and it turns out all the other trainee doctors have also had a static shock yeah is that caused by the sort of lightning Storm. Yes, Is yeah, that... so the, the, the uh the H2O scoop that we yes. will refer to at a later so, date. But uh, at this stage we don't know what the issue is. There's just like there's some there's obviously something weird happening in this hospital because for one, the doctor is there. Why is the doctor there as a patient? Yeah. That's that in itself is weird. And like and um Martha is asked to examine him and discovers that he has two hearts. Yes. And all he does is just give her a little wink. <laughs> it's like she chooses to not to disclose that. Well, one. what is she going to say? Uh, you, second you're opinion. Ju- you're Isn't ju- that general medical practice? Okay, nobody has two hearts. Like, even if you're a junior doctor, you want to look like an absolute chump in front of all of your fellow trainees. Get a second opinion. And <laughs> publish a paper on it. Become like famous in the field. No, of I think science. it's totally believable that she would just be like. Just gonna pretend this hasn't happened. <laughs> so, because for a long, uh, one of the things that she struggles with through this episode is whether or not the doctor is truly an alien, and mm. you know, we'll get there. Um, so, but I think is it at this point she gets a phone call from her sister to say what's going on at the hospital, and there's like a huge thunderstorm. Yeah, well, she's. I think her her sister is like they're still planning about her her brother's party, and you know. Mm. All of the, the aggro with that, and so I think I forget exactly what I think she says, maybe like come and make me for lunch or something like that. That's right. And she's like, Oh, not in this weather because, from the hospital, in the perspective of the hospital, it is chucking it now hmm. like, re- like thunderstorm level. Then her sister, who is like just like maybe a couple of streets away, but the hospital's a big yeah. building, she can see it, and and she's like, Oh, well, it's it's lovely here, it's just it's just the hospital, it's like a cloud, like just. Literally just yeah. over the she hospital. She says, like in a cartoon, yeah. where someone has a rain cloud over them. Yeah. Now, you said it's chucking it down. It's actually chucking it up. up because the rain is going in the wrong direction. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And at this point, I've put the hospital goes mad. Yes. Then it's on the moon. Yeah. Then it goes even madder. Yes. So there's like wild panic. <laughs> because they're like. Holy shit! The rain is going up. What the and, hell is going on? And they all think it's turned to yeah. night time because yeah. there's it's no sunlight. Dark. Yeah, yeah. They've got the, like the eerie glow of the sun reflecting off the earth, mm-hmm. the earth light, as as uh, the doctor puts it later. Um, and yeah, they they look out and they realise they're on the moon. There's widespread panic. Yeah. And can I just take a second, just pause for a second, and talk about how much I love that sort of two minute sequence? Because I think it is just. 
gloriously nutty sci-fi. I I love that idea. Like no other show would within the first five minutes have a hospital transported via rain cloud to the moon. That's true. That's true. That delights me. So whilst they're on the moon, we see the site where the hospital would have been on Earth. Yeah. It's like almost like a crater yeah. now. Yeah. But we see the TARDIS just by it. Yeah. So just obviously obviously the doctor he's on the case in some yeah. way. He maybe doesn't know what's going on, but he knew he had to be there and scoping it out and was in a similar way to, we've seen him go, kind of go undercover before like mm-hmm. uh, school reunion for example where he got a job yeah. as a teacher so in this way it's like oh I'm going to have a poke around this hospital what better thing to do than be a patient yeah. at said hospital so Martha realises that there's air within the hospital in the void yeah. of space Yeah, the hospital's not airtight Yeah, it should just be a vacuum? Yes, and the doctor is present for that conversation and immediately he kind of picks up on like that's smart thinking. Yeah. Cuz he, a lot he's of people sort of impressed by her ability to join the dots. Yeah, she's cuz she's everyone around her is properly going mad at this point. And understandably so. I'd be mm-hmm. freaking out in that yeah. situation, but Martha is unusually level-headed. Yeah. And uh so yeah. They go outside. They sort of take the risk of opening the hospital doors and realise there's like a force field surrounding yeah. the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So it's like in a little pocket of air, basically. Yeah. Which means and they have air for now, but, but it not will... going to last forever. Yeah. And whilst outside, she talks about all the mad shit that's happened in London. So they yeah. talk about Christmas invasion yes. and the Slovene. And... and we didn't mention this in the previous episode, but this is in stark contrast to Donna... Where, when the Doctor mentioned all of the crazy stuff that's happened in London, Donna was oblivious to all of it. Was it something like she was on holiday She was like, in Spain? oh, I was, in, uh, I was on holiday, I was probably hungover that day. It was, you know, she had an excuse for every single one. Yeah. So she was just completely oblivious to the fact that alien life even exists. But yeah, Martha is obviously a bit more clued up. So, following the force field sailing the air in, some spaceships appear. Yeah. And the doctor alludes to the fact this is the Jadoon. Yeah. Okay, so we don't oh, see sorry, the Jadoon. Sorry to interrupt, but I've just remembered another thing that I wanted to mention with regards to that particular scene, because I think that's where Martha also mentions, because they were talking about, you know, amongst other things, the Battle of Canary Wharf, the yes. the um, the Daleks versus the Cybermen, <laughs> and Martha said, mentioned that she had a cousin there. I know died. what you're going to say here. Yeah. Played by Freeman again, the same yeah. character, uh, same actor. Yeah. Was, was she your main character in that? No, but she was noticeable. You were, you had her in your notes down as girl. Was she the one that she was, was the flirting one... with all the other people? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and, and seducing them into going behind the tarpaulin and getting uh, right. uh, cyber converted. So, yeah. Oh, and ob- and one. it was pretty obvious, I think, that they just they got her in for that one episode. And they're like, Impressed you're with quite her. good. Come Do you want to... Yeah. So... Uh, oh, good. Yeah, good for her. So... Following that, we are introduced to an old lady. It's the old lady that had the salt deficiency. Yeah. And she's trying to intimidate the head of the hospital. Yeah. And says she needs his blood. Yeah. And she produces like a, <laughs> a straw from a Capri Sun or something. <laughs> it's not. It's it's like it's a it's a classic just plastic bendy straw. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's like of... such a, that's such a like, I find that quite grimly funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, I don't think it does at this point, but you, you sort of work out where we're going with this. Yes. She's going to Just basically drink in like a juice box. Yep. And it's at this point we're first revealed what the Judoon look like. So yes. they, so, prior yeah, so, to this, they're in like big, almost like battle armor. Yeah, basically, we've we've had three very phallic spaceships, yeah, uh, like landing on the surface of the moon, um, and they just all start stomping out in single file, um, pouring into the hospital. And yeah, they're they're, they're quite. Would you say maybe about a foot taller than the average human? Yeah, probably. No. Uh, but humanoid, but enormous helmets. Yeah. And they, when they get inside the hospital, they remove their helmets. And we see... They're just rhinoceroses. Yeah. I think this is one of the poorest alien designs we've seen. Really? Yeah. I don't, I... I don't like sort of just, oh, it's just a rhino man <laughs> you know I like it where it's like completely batshit mental like the face of Bo yeah you know I think it's like it's like an easy way out isn't it I love the Jitu really I love the Jitu They're just rock steady from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but that's oh, I, I don't know I don't know I maybe do you remember episodes and episodes ago I mentioned that I had a mug from an Easter egg, mm-hmm. and where um, uh, my partner had originally wanted me to get me the Dalek Easter egg yeah. mug, but by the time she got to the shops to get one, they, the Daleks had obviously all sold out. Do you know what they were left with? Jadoon. Jadoon. And it has now become one of my favourite pieces of Doctor Who merchandise, because it's fair to say the Jadoon don't crop up that frequently right. in the history of the show. I'm not saying that they never come back. I- is this their first? This is their first appearance. Okay. They are a creation for the new series, um, and yeah, they are—they are ridiculous. They are absolutely ridiculous. That they—they're just these little stompy rhino men. Mm-hmm. But I love it, and I love the fact that I now have because you won't get a Jadoon mug for love nor money these days. <laughs> yeah. Challenge but... accepted. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably find that exact same mug on eBay for like. Yeah. A pad, but you can't like go into a, sh- a shop now and get a Jadoon mug. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> because they just, it's so specific to this one series. Basically, this is the their their, their introduction and their most prominent episode. Now, uh, I just want to address probably the worst part of this episode. Yeah, the Jadoon appear, and people are hiding behind a tiny chair to get away from them. Yeah. And as the Jadoon walk past, the people just move round to the other side. <laughs> of the and everyone's hi- there's a shot where it appears everyone's hiding, but you can see literally <laughs> everybody. It's like it's like a Where's Wally picture. It, they're, they're basically <laughs> trying to hide in an empty room that has a single row of chairs in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. People, they're desperate. They don't yeah. want to get eaten by the rhino men. Well, we go from the worst part of this episode to my favourite part right. of this episode, where whilst this is happening, the Doctor and Martha are like up some stairs overlooking a balcony into this oh, yes. area. You get the, the greatest callback. Yeah. So the Doctor says, oh look, there's the hospital shop. I love a little shop. 
So that solves that mystery. That's put yeah. to bed. We know the best place to put a shop in a hospital now. Yes, absolutely. And we work out that the Jadoon aren't here to be hostile. Yeah. They're cataloguing everything within the hospital because they're clearly looking for something. So yes. things are designated as safe, so like humans mm. are marked as non-alien. Yeah. And they're sort of given a free pass. Yeah, they've got little like UV torches or something that mm-hmm. they. In fact, I'm pretty sure it is just a UV torch that has been redressed for yeah. the purposes of. But anyway, so they and they they use that to scan the DNA of uh, the creature. They're not human. They get a lovely big X yeah. on the back of the hand, um, and they're and they're kind of, I'd say, free to go. They're free to continue to be trapped on the, <laughs> on moon, the moon in a hospital panicky and slowly running out of air so one um, chap in particular does panic yeah and smashes a vase yeah. over a judoon's head yeah and he's just incinerated yes yeah because i think the doctor has explained at this point that the june the june they are kind of like police for hire mm. they he said they're effectively they're thugs and so as a result they they have this kind of they are methodical they're not, as you said, they're not just out to murder people, but by the same token, they, they're they here to do a job and they're they, not they're not going to have much patience for anything that gets in the way of doing that job. They have a very literal understanding of the law. Yes. So this guy hits one of them. Yeah. Now, I would hope normal police officers would understand that he's in a high-pressure scenario. Yes. Whereas they just say, assault on officer, yeah. punishable by death. Boom, they're done. And... and, and I think someone else is saying, he says, you can't do that. And they're just like, justice is swift. Yeah. Like, that's the Jadoon for you. So, yeah. yeah. And, oh, oh, I, oh I'm sorry, because I haven't made notes, as usual. So I'm jumping about a bit. Um, but I, I want to mention as well, before they assimilate the human language, because obviously there's yes. no TARDIS translation here. So, so like, and to assimilate it, he, like, records someone uh, speaking, then jams it into a little device mm-hmm. on their suit which is again I love I love the sort of tactile nature of the way they work yes. as as characters um but prior to that the Jadoon language is brilliant because it's just it's just it's, monosyllabic <laughs> yes. rhymes all ending in o yeah yeah and I love that it's it's again it's like it's just the right kind of daft yeah so yeah, um, I don't know if I'm selling you on the Jadoon here. Can you tell? I genuinely, I love the Jadoon. Uh, they're fun. Yeah, they're not for me. <laughs> they're not for me. In in the same way that the from School Reunion. Yeah, I forget their name. The Critite. Yeah, because they're just bat people. Now we've just got rhino people. I'm yeah, just not just a bit one note for you. Just not into that. Yeah, fair days. Uh, well, anyway, so um, they're going around. They're 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 cataloging people. They're vaporizing anyone who dares to chuck a vase at them. Yeah, and uh, so Martha thinks the best way to deal with this problem is to go to the head of the hospital, this Mister Stoker, who was the chap before that's really arrogant and clever. So. They can sort of regroup. Yeah. But when she gets there, she finds the old lady from earlier with straw in hand. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Stoker's like <laughs> just a white bag of meat <laughs> that's been drained. Yeah. And in true Doctor Who style, we now get a little chase, a little runabout. 
because the motorcyclist yeah. men who we now know are working for this old lady yeah. just chased Martha and the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Um, can we just, I literally, as you were saying it and you said, Mr. Stoker, I like, you hear the name several times in the episode. I never made the connection before. It's mm. obviously a reference to, to Bram, Bram Stoker, Stoker because you know, he's just drained I, by a sort it, of space vampire. They're not called vampires. Are no. They? And they're called hemoth. Plasmavores. Plasmavores. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. So, following this chase, the Doctor kills one of the motorcyclists yeah. with, like, a jerry-rigged x-ray machine. Yeah, yeah, that he just sort of, like... 5,000 times normal radiation, just yeah. sort of microwaves him. Yes. But in doing so, the sonic screwdriver is now knackered. Yeah. Poor R.I.P. sonic screwdriver. And that's interesting because it's that's kind of an echo of... Uh, the other day I was watching a bit classic Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching uh, The Visitation. Peter Davison story, um, possibly a contender for what the one I will show you when we get to the Fifth Doctor. I haven't decided yet because I haven't watched all of his stories yet. Okay, uh, but um, that is one where the sonic screwdriver is destroyed over the course of the episode. Um, unlike the Visitation, uh, <laughs> by the end of the episode, he's just got a new one. Yeah. Just no lasting consequences just whatsoever. Just doesn't explain it either. Yeah. Just reappears and it's like, just got, got a new, new one. one. It's like he's got a rack of them or something yeah. in the back of the TARDIS. Been down B and Q. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. So um, the old lady, the plasma ball, yes. passes the Jadoon scan because her body is now enriched with human blood. Yeah. So it's sort of hinted at this point that she's not here just to feed. No. The main reason she's after this human blood is to escape the Jadoon. Yeah. In this way. And didn't she say, like, you know, it's she's got all of the, you know, great food supply and also all of this technology lying around that she can jerry-rig and, yeah. and uh, make use of. So, yeah, it's just a convenient hiding out place, basically, for her. Mm-hmm. So, through these scans, they realise that the Doctor is non-human. The Jadoon scan him. Yeah. So now they believe he is the threat as opposed to this old lady. Yeah. It's, I feel like if the Jadoon had done a little bit more research yeah. prior to going on their mission, they maybe could have afforded to make the distinction between not just non-human, but maybe what kind of non-human they're looking yeah, for. Because, you know, if someone had snuck their dog into the hospital to yeah. see a loved one. Yeah. Would that oh, that become an international, yeah, like, galactic terrorist? Presumably, they would if they found it first. They would have bundled it up, stuck it in the uh, spaceship, and blasted it. Yeah, jobs are good in. But then, presumably, whoever had hired the Jadoon might have been less than impressed by the time they got back. But so, as part of his escape plan, yes. Doctor kisses Martha. Yeah, and we we've seen him kiss Rose in the past, but this yeah. is different, isn't it? It's different, but not different. Like um, the kiss with Rose at the end of series one, that was in order to transfer the the uh, energy from the TARDIS. Yeah. In this case, it is a, he later refers to it as a genetic transfer. Um, well, Martha seemingly really enjoys it. Yeah, she did not interpret it as a means to an end. Yeah, yeah, she's reading more into it than mm. simply. This is how I'm going to escape the yeah. space place. Yeah. Okay. So, as he escapes, he finds the old lady in 
the MRI machine, and yeah. she's again juicing it up a little bit. Yeah, um, with a view to is it, she just comes out and says a plan, doesn't she? Yeah, which is she's gonna basically wipe out everyone on the moon. Yeah, um, except for her. Um, so all the Jadoons, so she can steal a Jadoon spaceship, but also that the blast will also be enough to wipe out everything on the side of the Earth facing the moon. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of people just to get a spaceship. Yeah. And it it hasn't, at this point, outlined why she's still on the run from the Jadoon. Yeah. Okay. So the Jadoon... Back with Martha, find a non-human trace within her. Yeah. And they compensate her for her contact with (laughs) aliens as a result of this. Yeah. Which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. And the old lady, back with the doctor, wants to drink his blood. Yes. And she does so. Well, she's... uh, Because the doctor's... um, The doctor is playing up the fact that he's... Like, he basically acts like he's just... A regular bloke. Yeah, he and plays he's dumb. As to what's and going I think on. even like starts making up a backstory. Claiming he's got a wife at home. He's a postman. Throwing in all of these little details mm-hmm. to throw her off the scent that he's actually a time lord. Um, and so he becomes a perfect target for her to keep assimilating. Yeah, what she believes to be human blood. Yeah. Um, so so he's acknowledges being dead by the Jadun. Yeah. And because of the transfer of his blood, the old lady registers as non-human. Yes. Okay. And it's finally at this point where sort of revelations begin to come out. Yeah. So she actually murdered a princess. Yep. Which I guess I guess you'd have to murder someone fairly high up because not I don't feel like just anybody's going to be hiring a platoon of Jadoon. Yeah. Um, to go searching for a criminal. So, yeah, makes sense. She's just a horrible... Just a bad egg. Just, yeah, just a nasty piece of work. And I have to say, credit to the actress playing her. Like, she's obviously having a whale of a time. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, she is a, she's a little old lady... And little old lady, ladies who are actors will often get pigeonholed playing certain types yeah. of characters. And this is probably the first and last time that she's ever getting to, to run around in a ridiculous over-the-top sci-fi thing, to, you know, fighting with yeah. <laughs> rhino, rhino aliens and uh, being just such a thoroughly evil character. So, yeah. Right. So, following there. She begins to unleash her plan, starts yep. the MRI machine. Yeah. And as soon as she does, she gets shot. Yeah. So the Jadoon accept that their mission is complete. Yeah. And begin to withdraw. But there's the problem that the MRI machine is still overloading. Yes. Yeah. So. And is this the point where the Doctor just absorbs it? Is that what he does? Or is that the bit... Uh, no, that's, no, that's earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's with the that. x-ray. Yeah, yeah. And he sort of... It, <laughs> that he ridiculous bit where he's like... To, so the energy from the x-ray machine should have caused some sort of radiation yes, issue. Yeah. But he simply absorbs it into a shoe. <laughs> yeah, and just sort of like expels it. And yeah. and uh, it's a lovely bit of like absurd physical acting from David Tennant there. Because he's barefoot just... for the rest of the... <laughs> yeah, the yeah. No, so 
this is the point where the MRI machine's overloading and Martha does CPR on the doctor. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. ineffective. Until she acknowledges he's, he's got, got two, two hearts, hearts as yeah. she knows from earlier. And that's the point, I think, at which she fully believes that he is an alien. Because up until that point, she'd been kind of like doubting it, second guessing yeah. it. Even though no, everything I, else. I don't know much about Time Lord physiology. Yeah. But surely if he's had all the blood drained from his system, CPR just wouldn't work. The reason you do the chest compressions is to pump the blood around the body yeah. with oxygen, but he hasn't got any blood. So I don't think CPR would work. Don't you don't, but you don't know how time holds work. Hey, exactly. You <laughs> <just> <laughs> magically have some new blood or something. Yeah, yeah. Just grow some extra. In a, in a gland, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, again, maybe I'm over-dissecting it. Yeah. So... Then we get a little bit, and I thought this heart back to Doomsday. Yeah. Because of the lack of oxygen, Martha now sort of collapses. Yeah. And the Doctor, with sort of his final few breaths, has to shut the machine off. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit of the end of Doomsday, where they're hanging onto the levers. And oh, Rose yeah, gets yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is very, it does feel like it's, they are milking that drama for all it's worth, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but we know he's going to shut it. It's the first episode of the series. They're not going to end the episode on half the Earth being wiped out. Like Thanos is just... Stranger <laughs> yeah. things happen. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but he does successfully turn the machine off. And yeah. then he... To be fair, at that point, he's kind of powerless. He just has to hope that the Jadoon do replace the hospital. That's right. If he doesn't, he's stranded on the moon with the rest of them. Because the TARDIS is still back in London. It is. Yeah. It is. Because we see that. Because it starts raining again, which yeah. is a sign that the H2O yeah. pump Scoop. is working. Yep. And the hospital lands perfectly back, back where it was. Yeah. I hope all the piping and wiring aligned properly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Otherwise... That's a logistical nightmare. <laughs> you know, the toilets won't flush. Yeah. You know, no, I think I imagine there would have to be some maintenance work done Good. as a result of that. Um, and as there's like a bit of commotion, uh, Martha sees the doctor sort of in the distance and the TARDIS and sees them vanish. Yes. Because in amongst all this, one thing we fail to mention is. When the Jadoon first appear, there's like a horrible slimeball doctor who's like, hello, we're from Earth. We come in peace. Oh, God, I yes, speak to you guy. as a representative. And then at the end, when the newscast yeah. team yeah. are there to check on what's going on, he's like, yes, I communed with you. So <laughs> I was a representative of Earth. How many yeah. people can say they've done that? Oh, he's, yeah, he's just a twat, isn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a... Yeah. And I love that, that like his entire story arc is just that. It's just he's a bit of a twat. <laughs> and then at the end he's, he's still, still a twat. twat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, so the doctor's sneaking off. Yeah. And we move to the sort of resolution of the yeah. episode. So we're at Martha's brother's birthday now. Yeah. There's a huge falling out between all the family. Yeah. Clearly this Annalise character, her father's girlfriend yeah. has done something to offend i think uh, i to, by the sound by of it, her, her existence is yeah. enough to offend a certain members of the family so yeah yeah there is the inevitable in unavoidable drama 
Martha's clearly had enough of it. Yeah. And has you know, gone out for a breather. And the Doctor's just sort of creepily standing. Lingering. Li- He's lingering just in an corner. alley. And yeah. then when she walks up, he ventures into the alley. Yeah. And He's just like... It's... Yeah, it's a bit creepy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. anyway, she follows. And he's got a new sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Never acknowledges how that happened. Just, Just got one. one. Got yeah. one. <laughs> and this is where the earlier scene of his random interaction with Martha's explained. Yeah. Because she says, you know, I've got exams. I can't come adventuring. Yeah. And then he follows up with, well, did I mention... It travels through time as well as space. Exact same hook that he used to get Rose on board. Rose was hesitant mm. until he mentioned. Did I say mentioned it also travels in time? I never made that link. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It's. It seems to be an effective uh, hook because. I mean, in this case, he has to actually demonstrate it. Yeah. Which he does. So by... he disappears. He reappears two seconds later. He's got his tie undone. Yeah. As he did in yeah. front of her earlier that day. Yeah. He explains that he obviously can't interfere with big things, yeah. but, you know... For a cheap trick, as he yeah. puts it. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And then, I think at the end... So, no Reavers, I'm afraid. No, no. <laughs> yeah. What do <Damn> <laughs> There should be. Yeah. But, see, now I'm going to be looking for the Jadoon every time there's some... <laughs> you know, where were the Jadoon when Lady Cassandra was holding people hostage... Nobody hired them. They're mercenaries. So, so they're not space police. They are. They they are police for hire. They right. are like an independent law enforcement force, but they're not beholden to any one power. They are literally, right. okay. which is why obviously a, a royal family of some other planet they'll be able to afford to hire like a. They're basically like yeah, they're like no. very. Thug-like private investigators. Bear with me here. Yeah. Because we're going on a fan fiction tangent. Okay. Who do we know in the Doctor Who universe has infinite wealth? Infinite wealth? I don't know. They were given infinite wealth on Satellite 5. Oh, who is it on Satellite They were given infinite, infinite credit by the Doctor. Oh, Adam... Adam and he yeah. used it yeah. to get his brain yeah. door. Oh yes, yeah. We're gonna write a fan fiction piece. Adam <laughs> hires the Jadoon against the Doctor because oh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I don't. But that's the unanswered question because yeah. I'm assuming Adam never comes back. I mean, I don't want to burst your so bubble. So grossly unpopular. Yeah. I don't want to burst your bubble, but by the end of Adam's episode, he's you know he's back on Earth with no credit and. Uh, window in his head mm. he's going to struggle to hire the Jadoon from 21st century earth with Who no credit we know that has loads of money the mocks of Balhoun he's like yeah. a solicitor's firm face of boat must be loaded mm. how do you think he made his money though he doesn't do anything apart from being like mysterious I think he's a celebrity like I mean, well, they, he's, they, they, he's they... like an it girl, isn't he? He <laughs> yeah. gets invited to all the parties. He's just famous for being famous. Yeah, and like you know, it's headline news that he was pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he, he's like he the Kardashians. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange place, the Doctor Who universe. Yeah. Right. It, so... it concludes with, and again, I know I made this point 
countless times with Rose yeah. about the nature of their relationship. Yeah. I think Martha's quite flirty. Oh, I'd I, say she is, definitely. Following that kiss. Yeah. I think the tone of this, I don't want to say relationship because yeah. it's the first time they really work together. Yeah. Seems entirely different from Rose. Oh, definitely. Rose, it was like a mutual lust for adventure. Yeah. Whereas I didn't get that feeling here. I mean, there is certainly some lust going on, mm. but, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, no, I think you, you, you're pretty much on the money there. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's quite smitten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem she's smitten with the context, this yeah. idea of adventuring and going anywhere. I think she it. thinks it sounds like, I think she, that's appealing, but in the same way that it's just like, I think she just needs a bit of an escape. You know, she's doing... She's had a crazy day, but mm. not in the end. I think she quite enjoyed the the experience. Ro- Rose um, wanted to go along because her life was mundane yeah. and uneventful. It's almost as if Martha's is too eventful. Yeah, she exactly. Just wants a break. She yeah, she needs she needs to get away from the drama of her her family that just obviously rely on her far too much to mm. be the peacemaker, which is not a fun role to be in, and. You know, I imagine training to be a doctor is quite a high pressure thing. And if you said to most training doctors, look, you could have a few weeks off, go anywhere in the universe, anywhere in time and space Mm -hmm. with a bloke that you kind of fancy and just, you know, relax a little bit and then pick up exactly where you left off. No harm done. I imagine many would bite your arm off for that. Yeah. So... She decides it's worth a punt. She tags along. Uh, the doctor's kind of rude to her, though. It is just like, you get one trip. Like, because she's she's asking a little bit about Rose, isn't yes. she? Like, yeah. her previous... Uh, uh, and, and he's like, yeah, you're not replacing her. Don't think you're replacing her. You get one trip. That's it. And it's just but like... Do you think the doctor's more comfortable talking about Rose than he was in Runaway Bride? Sort I of, think so a little at, bit. At the very yeah. end of Runaway Bride... Donna leaves by yeah. saying, what was her name? Oh, yes, yeah. And he says, you know, quite tearfully, yeah. he says her name was Rose. Rose. Yeah, like he could here, almost can't say her name. Yeah. Whereas here, he's more forthcoming. Yes, yeah. I think like that wound is just about starting to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, he's acknowledged on some level that, that, the doc, that Donna was right in saying to him, I think you need someone around to stop you sometimes because she's yeah. just watched him commit genocide. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, he's maybe acknowledging that to some extent, but also doesn't want to feel like he's just, you know, gone out and bought a new dog to replace the dog that's just died. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic going mm-hmm. into this series where I think they potentially want quite different things out of their time together. I will have to see how that develops. What do you think of Martha? So this is obviously your first taste of Martha as a character. What do you think of her as a potential companion? I want to give her time. Because I didn't like Rose in the opening episode. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about how Billy Piper grew into the role. Yeah. I want to see that with Martha. Yeah. I don't want to be too quick 
to make yeah. a snap judgment. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, the things that I like going in in this episode specifically is the way Russell T Davies does make a concerted effort to make her very distinct from Rose. Oh yeah, like considering they're, every they're way, two you know, girls of a similar age from London. Exactly, they're very different. Yeah, exactly. They've got very different life experiences, very different wants and needs out of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that Martha her her thing seems to be. Whereas Rose, it was her emotional intelligence that was really the key. Mm-hmm. Martha is just quietly competent. Yes, yeah. And I think it sets its stall out to show how different they are in the, in the episode Rose. Rose consistently says, oh, I've got no qualifications, never yeah. went to school. Whereas yeah. here, we've got a trainee doctor, yeah. which is polar opposite yeah absolutely so so and, you know rose had other than jackie essentially no family yeah here we know that martha does although it's not you know the most traditional setup mm. so. so yeah it's it there is a, a definite um a conscious attempt to make Martha a distinct character and mm-hmm. I think that's that's really crucial because it would have been easy I think for them to fall into the trap of basically just because Billy Piper decided she wanted to leave the show I like, oh, will just get another you know another white girl another yeah. um, you know we'll make her another sort of down on her luck working class girl because that dynamic worked well and we have seen that with other shows where where characters are written out and, and replaced with a new character but they just basically make that character a throughout a replacement throughout New Who yeah. up until Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, are all the main companions female? Um, I'm not so familiar with Matt Smith, yeah. Peter Capaldi era. It, okay, so it depends how you define companion because that. There are Hoovians who will debate that for years on end. Like, you know, is does Captain Jack count as a companion mm-hmm. and stuff like that? So, so it depends where you draw the line, really. But having said that, I can think of at least one uh, character in the Matt Smith era who um, I would, I don't think anyone would question the being having companion status who is uh, male. So, right. it does happen. Um, I don't think there is any ever a period in you who where the doctor has travelled. Yeah, that had travelled with just a male companion. Mm-hmm. Maybe one episode coming up, but again, it's like where do you draw the line? But anyway, um, yeah, the predominant female, and that's mm-hmm. I mean that's that's always tended to be the case, even right through the classic period. There would at least be a female along with a male companion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the ways which even though people were saying oh at last the Doctor is female uh, with Jodie Whittaker as though that is kind of a triumph for feminism a lot of feminist Who fans will actually be like well no look at the show's history mm-hmm. yeah the main character arguably has always been male but the co-lead is almost always female and they're, they're all different interesting female characters and actually they're some of the most diverse and interesting female representation you'll ever see in TV of that generation yeah. on Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. it's kind of doing the show a disservice to, to, to imply that it was somehow sexist yeah. prior to um, uh, Jodie Whittaker coming on board. Because I don't think, you know, you look at Rose and Martha already in the new series, they are interesting 
like fully developed female yes. characters. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not one note and they're not reduced to their gender. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I think I'm really excited to see how you get on with the, with this series and with with Martha and stuff. Um, I really like Martha. Okay. As a companion, I'm just going to put that out there now. I'm not saying she necessarily always has the best episodes, as whatever it's hit and miss. It's Doctor Who, but as a character, I've got a fondness for it, and I think that's grown over the years as I right. look back on this particular period in the show. So yeah, I'm really excited to get to um, to cover this series. Good I think stuff. it's going to be fun. So next week we will be talking about the Shakespeare Code. Okay, no clues for where that's likely to be yeah, set. Yeah, it's. I think we maybe have a historical on our hands. No, <laughs> can't be worse than the Dickens one. We'll have to wait and see. So, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, tune in next week uh, to hear us talking about the Shakespeare Code. Until then, thanks very much for listening and cheerio. Bye now. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who